What's up, everybody? Here we are, episode 20. Ooh. A day, you know, I never thought we'd see. <laughs> Thanks to our but third, we're, 30 we're, followers. We're still going. Still no sponsorships, but we're still going, bringing you these episodes every week. Uh, not last week. Last week was a busy week. Um, but we're back at you this week, and it's Wednesday. So, first thing I want to start with is, in my cup, I have a pumpkin spiced iced coffee. Ooh. Yes, you heard it here. We now have the pumpkin flavor at the gym mm -hmm. as fall is approaching and nobody wants to admit it. We are about to get basic. Now, normally, I'm a black coffee drinker, but occasionally I'll get that pumpkin spice in the cup. And I have it today just to try it so I could let the people know how it was. And it's pretty good. Yeah, you, it's weird that you also have Uggs on and a crop top, but I didn't want to say that. Excuse but me. <laughs> These glasses are prescription. <laughs> <laughs> no no it's not too hot to have a beanie on what are you talking about i am jealous like i bring in a decaf every day and i could i keep forgetting to add i feel you like it tastes better with cold I yeah don't know. i'm 100 percent on board with that i feel like a hot pumpkin spice not not my jam like yeah. hot coffee has to be just black for me which i got the whole setup to make my coffee camping this weekend i'm gonna be roughing Ooh. it over the fire Oh, like um, in a – oh, who did that? Greg Everett? Like over – like how he does it? Over the fire? Is it just in a pot? Like you have to filter it after or – So I have a contraption that goes over the mug that holds a filter. And then I have a little kettle that I'm going to boil over the fire. And then I'll do a pour over in Ooh. my thingamajig into the cup. And nice. I'm going to enjoy my cup of coffee. It's going to be interesting having to build a fire before I have my coffee. Yeah, you ha that's the whole goal is to be able to <laughs> – did it's you bring – like, are you going to do that too? Like rough it – like not fire starters? You have to like whittle those sticks together? I thought about it. I saw them in the store yesterday, but I think I'm just going to buy a lighter. Oh, you should just tell Courtney that you have to make the fire. Yeah. And then wait like an hour when you can't start it and be like, oh, well, looks like I have it. So <laughs> speaking of that, I was reading the water purification tablets that I bought. Because there's the only water source you have to purify your water yourself up there. Yeah. So aside from the water that we bring in, I got tablets just in case. I don't know. We get stuck or something. We need water. Yeah. It takes 30 minutes for the first tablet to kill all the bacteria. And then the second tablet that you add is almost immediate. So if you're really thirsty and then you find your water source, you got to stare at that shit for 30 minutes <laughs> before you drink it. Can you just put two in there and kill two birds with one stone, or does it have to? No. No. Because it, like, it puts the stuff that kills everything in it first, and then it balances out with the second one. Oh, they're set, like, two yeah. completely so different. Okay. If you do it too early, it stops the killing process. Oh, I don't know. I've been watching. That was my arm, by the way. That made a noise um, <laughs> on the couch. I've been watching a lot of, like, Shark Tank clips on YouTube, and there was a guy that had, like, a mug that has a UV light in it. Yeah. And when you close it or you turn it on, it like takes like a minute and it kills everything. Like you should just. I, I've seen that. So they used that. There was a guy that came in the gym one time that ran a company that did that, but they were using it for hospital rooms and COVID. They used the UV oh, light cool. to kill the yeah. germs. And I also saw yesterday in the store, they have straws that purify water almost instantly. In the picture on the package was a guy standing in a nasty swamp with this straw just slurping up the water. And I thought it was the grossest thing that I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't... I was like, that's not going to work. No, if I... That's like, not going to work. It's just taking the mud out. It's not actually, like, filtering everything else. 
I don't know what it's doing, but the guy like literally up to his waist in a nasty ass swamp, just just... slurping it up through this straw. And I was like, all right, I get water purification, but that's a little, that's a little much. Yeah. I need need to see that like pitched in front of me to see if if that actually works because a photo is nothing. Let me go into this nasty (laughs) pond. Well, that sounds like a fun fun, fun weekend. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be good. I'm excited. Um, all right, topic for today. Let's get into it. So we are going to hit the topic of mindset during your workout. What do you say to yourself? What should you be thinking the whole nine yards in order to get the workout that you really want to get for yourself in order to really fuel those results? So this is going to kind of tie back to intensity a little bit, and it kind of all gets into what you say to yourself in the middle of a workout to keep that intensity alive whether you're telling yourself the wrong things or some sort of negative things that's going to hinder your intensity through the workout, or you're telling yourself the right things and positive things to kind of keep yourself moving and get as much or maximize the results out of that workout um, as much as you can. So Kristen Mm. is a professional at this, (laughs) professional self-talk during workout. (laughs) So we're going to basically go back and forth here. I'm going to ask her some questions because I want to kind of dive into her head and see what she thinks about this and what she says to herself. Because as we all know, she crushes it on the workout game, gets on into it, and uh, never quits. So let's see what goes on inside her head during that whole thing. I should say I have quit workouts. Everybody has once. JT, I've quit. That's like on my, yeah, it's on my shit list of workouts that... It's one of those, it's, it's a hard workout and I'm not good at like ring dips, but yeah. it's just that it's always been one that like, is it kind of like a redemption? Yeah. Like I need to, I, want, I would love to be able to do it RX one day. That's we'll Nancy. It's Nancy for me. Really? I've never done that workout. Oh, overhead squats and running? Yeah. Yeah. It's because I remember when I first started CrossFit, could not overhead squat and I had every tool in the pocket to try to get an overhead squat with just the barbell and i failed that one miserably it was like a shot to the gut so every time that comes up it's always Uh, a little bit of redemption road yeah but you have such bendy ankles now you should try it again (laughs) i wouldn't say such bendy angles but (laughs) bendier but yeah bendier bendier it's feeling better these days um however after my long run on sunday they did not feel great it's my achilles and all those muscles back there oh yeah were super tight so bring a foam roller with you Oh, hell yeah. something to like... Hell yeah. That's a lot. I'm going to have to get like a massage gun and everything like oh, that. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but anyways, mm. back to the topic. So, first of all, getting into this idea, you know, it's very easy, I think, to get into the middle of a workout, feel the discomfort, feel the pain, and then start to slow yourself down and let your mind kind of take over. Because your mind is super powerful. And... I think depending on how you approach that and being aware of everything that's going on as you're doing the workout, there's ways around it. There's ways to kind of trick your brain into telling your body what to do and kind of get the extra little bit out of it. And I heard a quote a long time ago, when you think that you're at the end, you've really only used 40% of your capacity. So your body is capable of a lot more than you think it is. So getting into this idea, you know, what is... Uh, I guess, what's your template every time you go into a workout? Is there something that you do before you go into the workout that you kind of know you're going to say to yourself, you know where you're going to say it to yourself? Or is there like a standard thing that you go into? Or is it just in the moment? Depends. So if it's a workout like I've done before, I hate redoing workouts. Mm -hmm. I don't like, so like open workouts, when I see a repeat, 
I'm, I'm not a fan of that because especially the one this year like I knew how much that hurt um, I would rather be surprised at the pain that I'm going to feel than to go in knowing that I'm going to feel it again mm-hmm. but um, hence why I've stopped so many repeated <laughs> open workouts in the past but um, so I try and think I like I look at a workout I'm gonna like all right where is this gonna hurt how much am I gonna hurt how much do I want to purposely hurt in the workout um, or push through so like I'll try and think of like a game plan first and it can either be like this is where I'm gonna break or how I'm gonna break it up or it's gonna be like I'm just gonna send it and see what happens yeah so like tomorrow's workout Fran that's a workout where I've done this before I'm just gonna send it Today's workout where we have so many of those dumbbell hang power cleans that I'm like, all right, I'm going to purposely break these up. Mm -hmm. So that's usually where like the first thing I think of when I look at a workout, can I do them unbroken? Should I do them unbroken? And then from there, it depends on like knowing. So it's like, it's good to have that game plan. I always say have plan A, plan Mm -hmm. B, plan C. Right. Um, And I like to just kind of, and then there's days where I, I don't have any plan. I just want to see if what I can, what I'm capable of without that, and just again right. hurting. But so going into that plan A, plan B, plan C. So say like today's workout, you go into it with the strategy that you're gonna break it up, ten, eight, seven, which mm-hmm. should get you to twenty five. Now say you start that, you get to your second set at eight, and around number four, you're really struggling to get those dumbbells up to the shoulder. At, do you at that point say grind it out to eight or do you shift your focus in terms of your strategy and kind of readjust going forward if four starts to hurt really bad i'll probably do one more maybe two and then completely stop that game plan and then so if i did 10 unbroken so my second round i did 10 unbroken and then i hit four so i'm supposed to i was like all right i'm gonna do eight and they get to four and I go, oh, no, my grip is like gone. Mm-hmm. I'll do probably one more. And I go, then I'm just doing three. And then there's no way I'm doing seven. Right. Because I just only did five. Right. So then it's a, was that five, six, so three. And then I might do like a four and a three. And so then you, continue. Sorry. I was just going to say, so you'll never go back to plan A. Oh, hell no. Okay. No, no, no. Um, and then, so round three, I'll probably do sets of five. Mm-hmm. And just make it a short break. Because if I hurt with a set of four and I had just done 10 unbroken, like, I know I'm going to be, I have to be like, all right. So, like, for today, like, the run is a good opportunity to kind of go, all right, how am I going to break this up? I know it's going to hurt if I tried to do the same thing I just did. Very rarely are you going to be able to repeat that. Yep. um, Unless you're, like, you know, top of the top. So, if it hurt that early on, then I'd be like, all right, I'm just doing fives. Or I might start with like an eight and then a seven, but I most likely probably wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. So that's, I I like that. And that's in terms of, you know, you got to think of it in terms of two different movements. So we have dumbbells in the workout today. Mm -hmm. Um, Say you have a barbell or a kettlebell or something that has some sort of an external load where once you get under fatigue, you know, it makes it difficult to perform that with good mechanics and consistency starts to break down. And then those reps get a little bit shaky. Maybe you get to the point where you fail a rep. Now let's take yesterday, for example, where we have a hundred air squats where you're more than likely never going to fail an air squat. Mm -hmm. What do you tell yourself now in something like that, where you're doing a hundred air squats and you get to 50 and your legs start burning? Because that's a situation where 
you don't have to re-strategize because you're never going to fail it. It's just kind of getting into the idea of, you know, this is going to hurt. Yeah. And being okay with that and continuing on. I, so I did those just, oh, I'm trying to think of how long it took me. I want to say just over a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, But there, my legs aren't going to feel any worse once I get to 50. The last 50 aren't going to make them feel even worse, at least for me. So for me, I'm, I just plant in one spot and I'm telling myself that I'm not moving until they're done. Mm -hmm. And my process goes, all right, I'm only, I'm using my arms on the next movement. My legs are going to be fine. I can suck this up for another 30 seconds and finish my reps and then they get the rest that they need. Right. So if I, but if I had to do that multiple times, if there was like four sets of a hundred, if you're somebody that like, that's a big volume for them, then it's, it might be worth for like a strategy of just breaking quickly. But for me, like I would rather just deal with the pain of getting through that Mm -hmm. set than in knowing that I can rest my legs after. So that was for me, when I look at that workout, I know that I'm not moving, I'm not breaking, I'm not failing anything in those. Right. So it's just pushing through. Cause again, 50 air squats and the next 50 aren't going to make them feel any more worse. No, you're really not going to feel it until you get to the end of that workout, which is either bike in the row, which again, you're never going to fail a row pull. You're never going to fail a bike pedal. Right, you're just going to slow down a little bit. Yeah, it's getting to that point where, you know, you have to make a decision because your brain is going to say, stop, 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 stop. Mm -hmm. Do you listen to it or do you not listen to it? Or do you just slow down, right? What do you think? I mean, what would your, what's your game plan going into that when your brain gets to that point? Because I think it more so comes into effect in a workout like yesterday when you get to the end and you're starting to push yourself a little bit harder or you're not pushing yourself enough because you're downplaying the discomfort that you want to get to. And what, you know, where does that miss the mark on the workout? Do you understand my question? Kind of. I think, so when I look at that workout, I know that, so it was like a muscle up and I did a modified version of it. I was like, those are just, we can get through them. I don't need to have a game plan because there's only 10. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that's not going to affect for me because of those movement, like it's not going to affect my workout whatsoever. So just get through them regardless of how you break it up. And air squats overall, they are going to fatigue you on the bike, but not that much. So when I look at it, I'm like, it's not going to make it. It's more just the fact that you're on there for that long. That's going to suck more than the fact that you did 100 air squats before that. It's going to be a long, slow burn being in that discomfort phase. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also get a break from your air squats so you get to rest your legs a little bit like we did the class mostly did like a jumping pull-up kind of variation or jumping muscle up or um low ring muscle up transition mm-hmm. again you're barely using your legs so like the jump kind of like helps break the lactic acid or whatever you're feeling in your legs so yeah. you can kind of strategize it to go a little bit slower if you know that it might hurt but again i don't think the air squats are really going to affect you on oh, granted i didn't row which was the way it was written mm-hmm. but um but i you know i used my arms a little in a different well i used my legs in a different position but i once i got on the bike i kept my cadence the same the whole time i just kept that's, telling myself to not that's the important part i think that people will miss the mark on and it's slowing yourself down too much right yeah because everything that we do in here oops sorry yeah. <laughs> everything that we that thing just spiked up on my computer <laughs> Um, everything that we do in here, you know, it's going to be some level of discomfort. It's Mm going to hurt, 
right? It's supposed to hurt a little bit. If you're coming in here and the workouts don't hurt a little bit, I think you're missing a very valuable point of, of CrossFit. You're missing that intensity mark. And, you know, it could just be the fact of, you know, what you're telling yourself in the middle of that workout where, you know, it does start to get a little bit difficult, but you close your eyes and you start really pushing and digging in and being mm-hmm. like, okay, this is going to be over soon. I just need to get through this and get to the end yeah. rather than slowing yourself down in the middle of it because you don't want to deal with the pain at that very, very moment. But that in the long run, I think is going to hinder the results that you get from that workout more than if you just kind of close your eyes and deal with it for a little bit, knowing that it's going to be over soon. Yeah, I knew that I would only be on that bike for five five minutes Like yeah. if I kept the pace. So when I was on there, yeah, my legs were tired. Yeah, I wish I put the seat a little lower. But like I was going through all these things, I'm like, but I can still move. I'm still keeping a good cadence. So there's nothing that's stopping me from keeping going. And like while I was on it, I go, I've done worse on the Peloton. So I go, I do the Peloton like once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I've for like the past year. But I'm like, I've done harder than this. This is not that bad. So I was telling myself, like one, watching my cadence or my RPMs because I was on the assault bike. And I'm like, just keep it. I think I kept it at like a 57 or higher. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no reason to drop under this. Like, my breathing was fine. Yeah. My breathing was completely fine that whole time. Mm-hmm. And it was just my legs feeling uncomfortable. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be done after this. It's only a couple minutes. Right. So because it, my breathing, for me, when I get my breathing and when that's more affected, that can be tougher for me to keep pushing. Um, I've gotten better over the years with that. But with my legs, it's not as big of a deal. Um so I was like, I only have to do this for five minutes. And I get to lay on the floor and just kind of sit there. Yeah. Um, so I just kept telling myself, like, one, I've done harder and I get to rest after this. Yeah. So I, I 100% agree with that because I had that same type of feeling over the weekend when I went for my six mile run, mm-hmm. starting to ramp stuff up. And, you know, you get the halfway mark in that you're all right you're coming back you know you, you're running over territory that you already ran so it gets a little bit boring yeah. and you're like okay my legs are starting to feel a little bit especially when you get to those uphills but my breathing is fine like everything in terms of my lungs like i'm comfortable in terms of my breathing i'm not over the threshold i'm not hyperventilating anything like that so yeah. now it just becomes a point of okay there's a step there's another step there's another step you know, I'm not at the point nearly where I'm going to fail a step. I don't, right. I mean, maybe I've done that in my lifetime, but not sober, <laughs> but, Same. but like, I mean, it, it, it's just, you know, your body is capable of a lot more, especially when you don't have that external load that's, you know, in play here. And, you know, if you're not going to fail the movement, it's going to be mentally building up your mind. And, and I want to get into another part of what you said earlier and what you tell yourself to kind of keep moving forward because what you tell yourself matters, right? Oh, 100%. And you want, and it's like your brain is going to be the first thing that's going to, the moment that your brain starts to creep in, that's when it's going to get harder. Like if you keep focus on the workout, but if your brain starts to go, outside of the workout and you're thinking about something completely different or you kind of get off track that's where i think it starts to affect people's workout and they realize how much pain they're in yep. versus if you're in the moment thinking about just your next rep right you're not going to realize how much 
it hurts right. or how uncomfortable you are. Right. So if you're really thinking about like what you're doing in that moment and not what you have to do coming up, yep. it's not going to hurt as much. Have you ever noticed like, have you ever been focused on one specific point of like your form or something in a workout or like your breathing mm-hmm. and then you start a set and you're so focused on that one thing and trying to make it a little bit better that all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I'm done with that, that set. Yeah, that's when I always, I think you say it too, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. It's yeah. like, that's just being in the moment and really focusing on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, not to the point where like you're going, because there's, there's such a thing as like too slow. Yep. But when you're just like in the moment, I, f- I forget it's being sympathetic. Paris, I forget which one it is, but you just got to get into the groove. Yeah. And I did this a lot of that type of training where like almost nasal breathing kind of speed. Um when I had injured my knee, like mm-hmm. I just needed a reset and yeah. I needed things to feel easy. And sometimes like when you're in those, mo- like you're in the moment, you're not thinking about anything else. Like, you know, when you do a hundred sit-ups and you start thinking about like the laundry you have to do, and then you forget where you are. Exactly. Like, you want to try to avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> cause then you go, Oh, this hurts. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, cause you know, high volume air squats is one thing that, you know, I do this well at, and I focus on my air squat form, making sure I'm balanced, making sure that, I'm keeping my chest upright. Mm-hmm. And if I think about all those points of performance with every single rep and I'm making sure that I get a good air squat, next thing I know I'm at 50 air squats and I'm like, oh, wow, that went by really fast. Yeah. It's like the same thing when you go on auto- autopilot when you're driving. Like you get your mind off of... I, well, you get somewhere and you go, how did I end up here? Yeah, yeah, because it's, <laughs> like really, it's probably a really boring drive, right? So the yeah. more you think about how bad the drive is, the worse the drive is going to be. Well, the more you think about the pain that your legs are in because you're doing all these air squats, yeah. the worse it's going to feel. Mm-hmm. But if you start to take your mind off and focus on something more positive, like, okay, am I getting good form here? Am I benefiting myself in the future by making these really good air squats? Next thing you know, you're at 75 air squats. And you're like, huh, I only have 25 left. Yeah. And that's where like why we preach consistency of everything or the mechanics of something first, because then you're going to get to the point where you don't really have to think about 10,000 things. Because again, if some people, especially when you're new, when you're thinking about 15 things in the movement, it's going to slow you down because you're so worried about everything. Mm-hmm. But the more seasoned you get, a lot of those things are going to be second nature. And right. then you're consistent with it. And that's where the intensity will come, where you feel like you can go even faster. Right. Because, um, like, for me, like, I mean, those probably felt like some of the greatest air squats I've done since knee surgery. And I used to, like, I missed how much I squatted. I that's loved awesome. squatting so much. So they felt fantastic. And the fact that Jimmy started before me and I finished before him was yes. great. Yes. I was like, ooh, she back. Um, <laughs> but it it was nice. Like, yeah, if you focus on, like, making sure you're doing it right, then, or no, yeah, mechanics of it, and then getting consistent with it, and then your intensity will build. But, again, still focusing on everything. You're going to, you're focusing on that. You're not thinking about other things. Right, right. Which especially like long workouts for me, that's what happens is my brain starts to wander. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, that's a good segue into the other thing that I wanted to ask you. And Mm -hmm. it's, we talked about it earlier. It's that extra rep, right? So when your mechanics start to break down, your consistency starts to break down, but people still feel like they need to keep that intensity up when the first two prerequisites aren't there and they have to go for that last rep. And it's really, really a crappy rep and it really does benefit them in the long run. Like, what's your mindset there? What, what, what should you be thinking about, you know, to the people that feel like they have to, you know, if they have 
25 hang power cleans. Mm -hmm. But really the last five of those reps are, are crappy where you're basically doing a bicep curl. Like your why? hips are way out in front. Why are you still holding onto the bar? Right. Yeah, if if you're if you at any point, so if you're say you're doing, I think strict pull-ups are like one of the easiest things to kind of visualize for this. If you got to your nose, say you did like you just did three and they were great, your chin was over the bar, and then you just did another one and you only got to your nose, and then you went back down and you tried another one. Why are you why? Yeah. If you just got to your nose, there's no way you're gonna get back to your chin. Like maybe some weird mirror. That's like when people fail a rep and they go up two pounds and then they nail it. Yeah. Again, that's rare. That's more like again, that's more uh, technique. Yeah. But um, like, there's no way. There's no point to add in that next rep. No. So, at that point, reevaluate where you are in the workout, and go. Oh, I guess I should probably do sets of two now, or right. rest a little bit. Give yourself even an extra couple seconds. Right. Um. I like, I feel, I don't know if you feel this, but I like, if, especially when I have like a heavier weight, I feel like a little bit of an adrenaline surge. Mm -hmm. So I'll do my rep, I'll drop it and I'll kind of rest, breathe. And then all of a sudden I'll feel my body be like, oh, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And then I know I'm ready for that next rep. And it can, de you know, depending on the workout or the person, it might be longer period of time, but I do still get like an energy surge or like an adrenaline surge yeah. when I know that I'm ready. Yep. Um, and if I don't feel that, then I kind of hang back and like, will rest my breathing a little bit. But right. Um, yeah, pe people tend to hold on to reps too long mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to, again, like today, be intentional with how you're breaking things up because one, it's like, you, I like counting. Some people like counting in like certain numbers as well, but, um, I try again, having a game plan, but always having that backup is going to be important. Um, and something that I was mentioning earlier is how you talk to yourself when you're going through the reps. Yeah, I want to get into that next. Duh. But I don't know if I answered the other question right. I think you did. And I think the most important thing that you said was be intentional, mm. right? Because if you think about everything that you do as intentional, if you come in here, well, what did you just do for yourself by doing a half a pull-up? Nothing. Yeah. Right? Be intentional with your reps. If you're intentional in getting yourself with your chin up over that bar, whatever it takes, if it means resting, if it means using a band, if it means doing something different, listening to the coach's coaching cue and mm -hmm. making sure that you get up there every single time, well, now you're building your strength over time to become a better person, a better human being, a better athlete, a stronger person, right? If you're coming in here and you're just doing half reps because that's all you can get up to, but you feel like you need to hang on for longer, mm -hmm. what's your intention behind it? Yeah. I mean, you're not... We come in we come in here to get functionally fit for life. Yeah. We want to be stronger through our full range of motion so that when something gets thrown at us, the unknown and unknowable outside of the gym, excuse me, I just choked the mic. <laughs> air. Yeah, air and pumpkin spice latte. Um, but when something gets thrown at you outside of the gym, you want to be prepared for it, right? Yeah. So it's like for, you know, a perfect real life example, and I don't want to get too far off the topic, but this weekend when I was hanging my tree stand, right? Say I lost balance or something mm -hmm. and I was hanging down from a branch, right? If I'm good at half a pull-ups, well, my life's not going to get saved by my half a pull-up. It's oh, not. No, no. I'm going to need to be able to get all the way up somewhere, hang on and have that full range of motion strength. So I know the, the, 
the shininess of going really fast and a really good time on the clock and, you know, moving consistently and beating the person next to you is like flashy and awesome. But at the same time, you got to go back to what's your intention of this, yeah. right? It's, it's cool. It's cool to be fast. It's cool to, to beat somebody, but you're not getting the full benefit at the no. end of the day. So I'd put your blinders on. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Yeah. For a reason. Yeah. And it's, you know, making sure that you set yourself up for success to a point. And I do think it's also like being honest with yourself. Like t if you just told yourself that that was real ugly, don't do that again. Right. Like take like push-ups are a great example where people like their hips kind of just hang in one spot and then their shoulders are the only things moving mm -hmm. and their hip and you know their lower back hurts and they do one and they smash their chest off the ground and then they're arching themselves up like they're crawling out of, like they're like a zombie crawling out of a hole or something and right. then they just do another one i'm like be honest with yourself mm -hmm. would you make fun of someone else if you saw that on the internet in them doing that mm -hmm. like I mean, to each their own. I don't make fun of people doing that. But, like, do you want people to see you like that if you were doing that? Right. And, like, that's the big thing. It's like, well, I've heard, I heard a coach say this long ago, like, a long time ago, that he judges gyms based off how people do their push-ups there. Mm -hmm. So, like, that was a mission of mine is mm -hmm. to make, like, people really strong at push-ups. One, because they're really important. Yeah. You're going to get way better at controlling your body and just weightlifting and all of those good things. But For sure. Um, be honest with yourself. Did you think that looked cute? Right. Like, was it a pretty rep? Did it, like, hit all the points of performance? If it didn't, like, don't try another one. Like, rest. Your body's tired, so take the second to, like, reset. Yeah. Whether, whatever amount of time that is. Um, and the more seasoned you get in CrossFit, you'll start to understand how long you need. Mm -hmm. um, so that you can attack it and make it look better. Because, again, you're only bettering yourself by yeah. making them in the correct staying in the correct position so yeah I'm, I'm glad you circled it back to that because that was the point that i was trying to make and how this all relates back to what you're telling yourself during that workout are you telling yourself that it's okay to do a crappy rep or are you telling yourself no like my intention here is to get better today so i need to rest and try to get those mechanics down mm -hmm. and you know i i want you to know that and I'm talking to everybody out here that might be in class, if you start to get into a position where your push-ups are getting a little bit shaky, but you're still resting and going for those perfect mechanically sound push-ups, like we're watching that. We know that. Mm -hmm. We're probably going to come over and say, hey, those look really good, but to stay on track with this stimulus, let's cut this set down from 10 to 5. And yeah. I think you're still going to get, you're going to get the benefit out of it. Mm -hmm. So let us make that decision. Don't feel like you have to do the number, even if it looks crappy, tell yourself, what's my intention here? I want to be better at this movement today. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really important. And I, I want to kind of take this into the last piece of, you know, what you say to yourself. And I think this is probably really, really, really important. And we talked about positive and negative talk, right? And it mm -hmm. ties back to everything that we just talked about. You know, we told you the things to say and what we kind of utilize to say, but how do you say them? How you say them is, is a big part of this. Oh yeah. If, I mean, if you want, if you have like a bum attitude before the workout, yep. it's going to be hard not to carry that in. Right. Um, which I get people have hard days and stuff, but hopefully like, you know, the warm up kind of helped, you know, boost your energy or just everything. Like you feel better already. But when you go into a workout, whenever you're counting uh, something I made a point and I don't remember where I heard this years ago, but, um, I try and tell myself like I only have five left or there's, there's just six reps left. I know where you heard it. 
It was not him. Yes, it was. No, it yes, wasn't. Yes, it was. It 100% no, was. I do, I've only seen one of his podcasts, yeah. and it was. Fr- it could have been another coach that said it. It could have been. So I it, think Which probably could have heard it from him, but. He might have said it, or Katrin said it. I can't remember. It, might, it could have been Katrin. It I don't know. Honestly, Katrin. it's been so long, I have no idea. But So I try, rather, a lot of people will be like, oh, I have like, I have four more rounds or like and they get really upset about it but like I only have or there's just three left or things like that so I, t- I constantly tell myself if I take a break it's, it's only five it's right. only three it's only a hundred right and I try and give that positive spin on it where it's like oh that's just like that's all I have to do that's nothing right um, versus being like crap I can't believe I have 25 of these left or uh, like I have three more rounds I still have to do this many right yeah it's yeah. all about what words are you going to use in your vocabulary to help you get through the workout and that's been super helpful with me is just again keeping myself in check um, you know having that game plan but being okay if I need to switch from that it doesn't make you a worse athlete Every athlete out there has six game plans that they're always changing and, you know, on the fly or whatever. But just because your game plan of going unbroken didn't work out, that doesn't make you a bad bad person or a bad athlete. So the more you can be positive, and especially after the workout, give yourself a pat on the back and find something good about the workout. But how you treat yourself in the middle of the workout is going to make a difference. Um, Absolutely. And something I actually said the other day, I've been doing this weightlifting um, cycle and I read this in a book and I wrote it up on my eight foot long mirror that I have (laughs) to make my living room look bigger. But um, so the book had it in there and it said pain is optional. No, no, no. Pain is temporary. Suffering is optional. So if you want to like suffering is up to you. Like me doing the 100 unbroken air squats, that was completely my choice and I did it on purpose. Right. Pain is only temporary. So whatever you're feeling, it's not going to last that long. Right. Um, so like when I went into this like heavy front squat, like pauses and like some other reps after, I was like, I just, I repeated that to myself and I'm like, this isn't going to last. Like I just need to get through this, stay in good form and then it's done. Yeah. So I, I've been using that a lot um, to myself like in the middle of more like weightlifting for that but like find something that's your go-to to keep repeating to yourself that's just gonna help push you yeah um and i'm not a big quote person either but i every now and then i'll find one that kind of sticks so yeah. that's been really helpful for me yeah i i really like that and I, I tell a lot of new people coming into the gym that you know this changes your life whether you like it or not so if you can get into the good habit of positive self-talk during situations where they're controlled in the gym during a workout Mm -hmm. well it makes it a lot easier when things get tough outside of the gym too oh yeah right because like you know something happens in your life it throws you a curveball and all of a sudden you know you get negative about the situation rather than all right what's the next step you know i'm almost there you know i already did this i just have to get through three more or whatever it is however you want to relate that positive self-talk if you get used to it now, it's going to be like second nature. Yeah. And the one that I like a lot is when people say, I can't do something. I hate when people say I can't do something. Yeah. Like I don't hate a lot of things. I hate that because it's that negative mindset right out of the gate before it's even done. Mm-hmm. Right. Never say that you can't do something. It's that you won't do it. Right. You yeah. won't put in the work that it takes to do it. You won't take the time to learn the right mechanics of it. Like, you won't do this. That's why it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not because you can't. 
So never say that you can't. And, you know, a lot of the times when people don't get something right away, they're just like, it's never going to happen. Or I, I'm sure you get this a lot when we demo stuff and like we'll do, I don't know, a pull up or something like that. Yeah. And then people be like, oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, you, you don't know how hard we worked for this stuff. Like right. it and, didn't just happen. And it's the demo. It's we're, it's meant to look good. Yeah. Like people have seen me in workouts like toes to bar. I can crank out like a cute set in the in a demo and they look beautiful. Yep. But when I'm in a workout, I'm sometimes just even the other day I did the workout from Thursday last week. Like I was doing singles. It fell apart. Like I have great form, but they just they fall apart. So don't worry about so much about like when we demo because like we have we have our weaknesses and our moments, too. Yeah. But we're meant to show you what they should look like. Right. And it you know, it can it's still hard for us. Yeah. And it's taken time and time and time again. Eight of years stuff. Yeah. <laughs> stuff that, you know, nobody else sees when, you know, it's after gym hours or the mm -hmm. doors are closed and you're just by yourself putting in the work, looking at YouTube videos, perfecting your mechanics and consistency before it gets to that point. Yeah. And it's like, I wish I had all the videos that I took of myself a long time ago. I'm sure I can find them. But my stuff never looked good at the start. It looked horrible, like god awful. But I had to work for it. Yeah. And, you know, circling back, if you cut yourself out at the beginning with that negative self-talk, mm -hmm. it's never going to happen. Yeah. But if you're like, you know what? This isn't, this isn't going to break me. I can do this. What's the next step? And that goes right into the workouts as well. It's like, this isn't going to break me. It's just an air squat. It's not going to kill me. What's the next step? One more rep. Yeah. Two more reps, three more reps, whatever it might be. I only have 20 left now when you start thinking about that. And then all of a sudden you're done. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the workout ends and your workout was 10,000 times better than it, it could have been. Yeah. So um, it's so important to just get in the right mindset keep your intentions straight and right on the right path and just never doubt yourself i think those are the big three good mindset keep your intentions towards your goals and never doubt yourself yeah i like it anything to add to that i was just gonna say be in the moment in your workouts yeah that's another good yeah. one too be in the moment. Don't let anything else. Don't think about anything else. Think about the rep that you're on right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you're like, I can do one more squat and it's only one squat. Don't think about the 10 that you have left to do. Can I do this next one? Yes. Yeah. And then you do it. All right. Now move on to the next step. Mm -hmm. Can I do this next one? Um, so be intentional. Be in the moment. Mm -hmm. Boom. Boom. Bam. All right. Last thing. Workout number... It's actually workout number three. Three, yep. Yeah. So for the competition, and we'll release this later this week, but we want to release it here exclusively on the Whiteboard Brief podcast. Mm -hmm. Just, I, I want that one person in New Zealand to know what we're doing for the third workout. Well, they can try it. <laughs> yeah, they can try it. They can let us know what they think. Um, so this one is um, kind of like a hero workout. It has some significance to it, uh, and that was the intention to kind of relate back to the actual title of the throwdown united as one and having it being done on september 11th the 20th anniversary so what this workout is is 20 rounds for time with a partner and that signifies the 20 year anniversary of september 11th and then we have nine ground to overheads with a plate mm -hmm. so touch the plate to the ground extend the hips bring the plate up overhead 
And then we have 11 sit-ups, obviously signifying September 11th. And it's you go, I go. So one person works at a time. And then the catch is the other person that's not working is holding on to a kettlebell while the person working is working. Now, that might not seem that bad with just that being said. But at the end, we have a 200-meter run with that kettlebell with both of the partners holding on to that kettlebell together which is going to be like almost like a three-legged race. But the point is um, kind of the novelty of United as one. Yeah, like work together. Work together, come together, run at the same pace together, finish mm-hmm. together of what you started. Um, so that's kind of the significance behind that. Now, the workout itself, it's a good little burn. It's going to be good at the end of all of these competition events that we have. Um, 20 rounds. We did it in... 1240 yeah around there around 1240 well not the run we didn't do the run we didn't do the run (laughs) that's not including the run so figure an extra probably minute and a half to two minutes depending on how you're feeling for that run especially holding on to that kettlebell so that is workout number three all right so keep an eye out that's going to get announced on facebook soon and we're kind of getting into the planning stages and fine-tuning everything for this throwdown and going to make it sick we have a dj we're going to yeah, we do. I was like, I just play my booty mix all day. His name is Tom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom's going to be DJing the whole event, keeping the mixes live. It's going to be good. We're going to have a microphone. So I'll be emceeing or Kristen will be emceeing and letting you hear our voices. And we're going to get the lights just like we did for the open. Uh, we're going to set up the gym with the caution tape like we did. It's going to be a cool setup and it's going to be fun. Um, so 8 to 12, four hours three events plus one floater with the barbecue to follow mm-hmm. doors open at 7 30 7 30 get in early stretch warm up a little bit but you'll have time before we'll have heats those will be posted mm-hmm. soon mm-hmm. and bring food lots of food do not not eat during this competition yes or if you would like grab an over easy bar perfect recovery food perfect recovery yes. all right 42 minutes in, and I think that brings Ooh. episode 20 to a close. We're in yeah. the 20s, 20 weeks in. Podcast is still going strong. Yeah. We grew to 4% in Canada. I love that. All right, everybody. We'll catch you next week with a new topic. Thanks for listening, and have a good day. See, See you later. Ya.